For our time together today, I want us to consider Paul. I know that he is the most famous of the apostles, aside from Peter. I think it's always neck and neck between Peter and Paul. But yet, I want us to consider Paul, not just the dramatic conversion, but, the, but some of his writings that detail, I, Paul, am a servant of Jesus Christ. Let us consider that still the highest call you will ever have in the kingdom is servant. Welcome to the Fill the Well podcast. I am your host, Apostle Jennifer P. Harris, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. I thank you for spending time with me as we go through God's word, as we are reminded that new wine cannot go in old wineskins, and that we remember that sometimes along this journey, through this thing called faith, we need to stop and be replenished. And God's word, again, is the best fountain to be filled by. So I welcome you with the love of Jesus Christ through the grace of our Father as we begin this week once more and again to fill our wells. I am always mystified by the debate that surrounds the Apostle Paul. Not just him being Saul of Tarshish, Tar, yeah, Tarshish, and him being a hitman. Now, I could really get into how it is some church leaders know who the goons are and have no problem sticking the goons on people who they don't like. That's a whole other, that's a whole other talk, it's a whole other set of research. But what I'm, but what I am consistently fascinated about is in Paul's writings where he says, where he writes down, I, Paul, am a servant. Those words are life-changing. We know the pedigree and pedagogy of, of Paul. We know, we know that. Again, using his converted name. We know that he was a Jew. We know he was a Benjaminite. And we know that Benjaminites are known for their bravery. When I did the study, uh, when, the, when the Lord allowed me to do the Bible study of Esther, I'm so grateful for that because I really got to dig into the text. I really got to dig into Esther beyond the, uh, beyond the very female-centered or oriented focus that Esther is often given. Esther is a powerful book. Esther is a powerful book. And what I also found out in my research is Esther and Mordecai were also Benjaminites. And again, Benjaminites are known for their bravery. And what struck me, it still strikes me, about the conversations around Paul. Again, there, there are theologians, quote unquote, who don't really believe that Paul wrote all 
uh, the epistles he was supposed to have written. Uh, there are some that are that are in question. I'm not here to debate that because if you read the text that we that that we have, we see that Paul again. I'm using the message translation because that's the that's the version I most normally do my devotional in. That in the message translations in certain books he says I'm signing off in my own handwriting. So even Paul knew that there were people trying to copy, mimic, lie, scheme under his name, right? We know that. We also know there are certain books that, because Luke was with him, that Luke wrote down. So technically, did he write it because did he put pen to paper? No, but someone transcribed it for him. But again, I'm not here to debate that this morning. What I am going to say is the highest call you will ever get in God is servant. Now, there was a ministry mentor, uh, Apostle Dr. Robbie C. Peters, who is actually in uh, Chicago. He said this that I thought was amazing. He said that, again, going to uh, the fivefold ministry and those gifts, there are people who don't really believe that those that those gifts are still relevant or needed in needed today. And that's just what, quote unquote, the old church had or the church of antiquity had. No, because because there are people who still walk in these offices. But I what I have found is that most people who want who see ministry as uh, something to make money off of, they don't want accountability. And some of the, and some of these offices, such as apostle and prophet, bring judgment and guidance and see in certain people and governance. And people don't necessarily want that. They just want to do what they want to do. But the one thing that Apostle Peter said that I kept in my back pocket is, again, going by the acceptance of the fivefold ministry offices. He said, there's nothing beyond apostle unless you make it up. And even Paul didn't call himself chief apostle. He said the chiefest of apostles. Right. But even it. But even in that. Even in that. He still identified himself as a servant before anything. The highest call you will ever get in God is servant. Servant. And the body of Christ needs to get back to that, to accepting that the highest call you will ever have is servant. And what do servants do? They work. They render services, right? And I am often, I am often mystified again, that with everything, right? With everything that Paul had to endure for all the things that God allowed him to do, the miracles that took place at his hand because of his obedience, that he, that he called himself a servant. Now, if Paul, who was ship, who was shipwrecked, bit, shipwrecked, beaten, left, left for dead, consistently beaten, and ultimately murdered under, under the tyranny of the Roman Emperor Nero, if he can call himself a servant, why can't we? Why can't we? To be a servant is not a quote unquote lowly position. There are no superstars in God. Everybody's a servant. Because at the end of at the end of your Christian journey, you know, my my uh formidable years as a 
as a little little black Baptist girl showing at the end of your journey. The only thing you will, the only thing you will hear from God is well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not chiefest apostle, not master prophet, none of that. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And there is nothing wrong with being a good and faithful servant. One of the, one of those two, two chief examples I want to give are these. One is Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to Zerk, to Ash, to Asherus, aka Xerxes. And when Xerxes saw the, again, this is in the text. When Xerxes saw that Nehemiah's countenance had fallen, using the King James translation and wording, he asked him what was wrong. And Nehemiah said, you know, long, long, long did the king. And then he told him what was wrong after a little bit of prodding. And Xerxes gave him the, man, I could, I could shout thinking about it. He gave Nehemiah the resource to go rebuild, to go rebuild. You have to understand how powerful your position as a servant is. I think people hear servant and see, and hear submission and then they just, they automatically lock up. As if God is uh, some sort of tyrant who all, all he wants is your, is, is your free will and you can't do, and you can't do quote unquote anything fun, right? But this is the thing. With God knowing the end from the, with God knowing the end from the beginning, he knew, he, he knew we as humanity were going, were going to need help. And the best way to get help is to admit that you need it. We are helpers one to another. What I can't do, someone else, someone, someone else can, but at the same time, my job as a servant is to do what I'm supposed to do. That doesn't make me a, that doesn't make me a lemming. That doesn't make me stupid. That doesn't make me, that does not, that does not take away from any other divine gift that God has given me. I, I have to understand that the highest call you will ever get in God is servant. <clears throat> servant. And I think that some of us have an issue with the word servant because again, it doesn't speak, it speaks to someone who doesn't have power, influence, or authority. And I'm reminded that Jeremiah said that, that the heart is, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And even in Ecclesiastes, Sol Solomon talks about, about the search, the search for power. And he talks about how, how God showers people with, God showers people with money, property, but doesn't even give them life long enough to enjoy it. There is nothing wrong with being a servant. Servants are there to fulfill a purpose and they have gifts and talents and skills to do a, do a particular job. It does not make you a bad, it does not make you less than to want to serve God. Now, will you get it right all the time? Of course not. Will there be some days where you're, where you're like, I just can't do it, I don't wanna do it? Of course you will. But the thing most important to remember is 
you are not by yourself. You are not by yourself, neither will you ever be. Your job as a servant is to, do, is to do what the master told you to do. The Lord said, occupy till I come. He also said, this commandment I give unto you and unto this hang the law and the prophets. Love, love one another. Love one another. Love also is service. In, the, in these evil days where everybody wants everything for themselves and more, and more for themselves and less for everybody else, love is a radical act because love is self-sacrificing. Love is conscientious. Love, love, yes, keeps no record, no record of wrongdoing and love also demands justice. Love is a weapon and a shield and love is also service. It is service. And because it is service, everybody can do it. Anyone can start serving. Anyone can be a servant at any, at any space, at any time. We cannot allow the competition with other believers or even, or even the world outside your door to rob you of the beauty and power that is in being a servant. Even Paul says that don't compare yourselves to one, don't compare yourselves amongst yourselves. Don't do that. Comparison is, con is consistently the thief, of, the chief thief of joy. It is. So as I leave you today to your thoughts and meditations and your time with God, consider where he's asking you to serve at. It may be, it may be in a church. It may be being a better steward of your time. It may be the things that he's tapped you on your shoulder to do as it relates to ministry. And ministry can be done anywhere by anybody. You don't need to be a superstar in God. You just need to serve God with your whole heart. Will you get it right all the time? Of course not. And yet, all have fallen, all have fallen short of the, of the glory of God. That does not mean his grace does not extend or will not extend to you. And for that, may we all be grateful. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I would like to give you that invitation now. You can do it wherever you are, no matter what time of day. God is always listening and always anxious to hear from his children. Repeat this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my life and make me new. I believe that you came, you died, and you rose and are coming again. I accept you as Lord of my life. 
Teach me how to follow you, listen to you, and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, I believe you got born again and welcome to the family of Christ. Get into a good Bible-based church. Find a version of the Bible by which you are most comfortable reading and begin with the book of John or the book of Luke as they are the easiest, they are the most easiest to read. I look forward to seeing you this time again. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Fill the Well podcast this week. I hope that you were encouraged. I hope that you were strengthened. I hope that you are reminded that God is still able and able to do all things. I look forward to speaking to you all next week. If you would be so inclined to sow a seed into this ministry, you may do so via PayPal. The PayPal is Apostle J. B. Harris at gmail.com. Again, that is A P O S T L E J as in Jack, B as in boy, H as in hot, A R R I S at gmail.com. Until next week, may your prayers be fruitful, may God ever smile on you, and may your well stay full.